Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. Good morning, lovely friends and saunterers. It's a sunny day and we're starting the second um, letter of Peter today. So we're going to dive in. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you want to speak to us today. And you probably have already been speaking to us. Lord, tune our hearts and let us hear your voice and hear what you are saying to us today. And Lord, we want to get hold of that which is truly precious and cling to it and just keep loving you. Amen. So here we go. Second letter of Peter. Apparently, they say, this followed on fairly swiftly from his first one. And it was probably to the similar group of people. Um, People would say that he's writing from Rome. And, you know, in a sense, that doesn't really matter to us. But it's kind of interesting. But it's also really important to remember that the people he's writing to are going through a really, really insanely tough time. And he's writing to strengthen them. And it seems as well that some people have crept in amongst them with some deceptive heresies and kind of false teaching. And Peter wants to correct that. And so he wants to cheer everybody on, but also just adjust their trajectory a bit and just make sure they're not getting sort of diverted from the real authentic gospel um, that he's given he basically given his life to so Simeon Peter Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ right off the bat servant there means bond slave doulos it's like that servant who is who has chosen to kind of for go their right to have a bid for freedom and has just given their lives in service to their master because they love their master so much and so they've abandoned their rights to freedom and they say no I want to serve you for the rest of my life and so Simon Peter he's saying this is who I am I'm I'm bound to Jesus I'm his servant for the rest of my life and an apostle of Jesus Christ So we know him as one of the most famous apostles. He was certainly the spokesperson in the early days of the church. And he's truly a monumental figure of church history. So here we go. And then listen to how he does not talk down to us. He says to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours or equal value, equally precious with ours. By the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, may may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And so what he's saying here is, you guys, our faith is the same. It's of equal value. It's equally precious. Isn't that a lovely little word there? Equal standing. The word there is 
equally precious. So we've we've all got the same glorious gift. It's come to us through the righteousness of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And it's really interesting that Peter does not hesitate to call Jesus God, our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He's not squeamish or leery about calling Jesus God to, to, to Peter. It's unequivocal. Jesus is God He's and he has... Um, gladly surrendered his everything, his life, all his ambitions, all his hopes and dreams. He has given all of that in pursuit of the one who he served in the flesh for three years and and now is serving literally until the last breath in his body. So good morning to Pete and Rosemary and Ruth and Chris. Lovely to see you guys. And so he says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And the grace is God's gift and peace is what everybody wants, isn't it? And Jesus is the force multiplier. He's the one who multiplies all of that in our relationship with him. He multiplies grace and peace to us. He doesn't just give us a little dose and say, right, that's it. But day after day, week after week, year after year, he multiplies grace and peace to us. And Peter is not just giving a nice little courteous greeting in the style of the day, but he's actually speaking a blessing. He's making a pronouncement of faith that as people read this letter, they're going to receive grace and peace multiplied to them in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So verse 3 then, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is good stuff. This is really, really good stuff. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious, there we go, and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, because of sinful desire. Wow, this is monumental. This is staggering. He says, right, Jesus, God, the God, Jesus, Jesus, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. This God has given us his divine power. He has poured his Holy Spirit into us. The dynamis of the Holy Spirit, that dynamic, powerful working of God in us, that miraculous, supernatural power of God, that divine power has granted to us, has given us a gift of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Wow. So what he's saying is all the things that we aspire to and we love about Jesus and about the Christian life and we look at the values and qualities of the authentic Christian life and life and godliness and coping with all the trials and challenges that we're facing, the persecution that they were facing daily and the difficulty and the pain and suffering and sacrifice. He's saying, listen, his divine power, this supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, that person of the 
Holy Spirit who's come to reside inside you. He is the one who gives you everything you need towards to that pertain that are related to or equate to life and godliness through knowledge of him. And this is the key. It's through the knowledge of Jesus and that all these things become available. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the life and godliness equipment and so on. All that becomes available to us through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And I've said this before in a saunter. God does not give his glory to another. He doesn't share his glory with another. And yet Jesus in the high priestly prayer in John 17 says, Father, I've given them the glory that you gave me. And he's like, somehow there is this incredible unfathomable paradox that God who does not and cannot share his glory with another there is no one equal to him there is no one on his level he is just above and beyond and just supreme in everything and preeminent in everything and Jesus is that one he is he said at the same time Peter is saying he's called us to his own glory and excellence it's somehow like as we respond to his call and come after him he confers on us something of his own glory i don't think we ever it would be arrogance and complete nonsense to to somehow try and say that we become equivalent to god not at all don't ever hear me saying that but somehow he is able because of his greatness and his vastness and the fact that he's given us his holy spirit to live inside us he somehow is able to impart his own glory and excellence to us and i look at myself in the mirror and i i listen to myself and i see my flaws and my failings i think man he's called me to be oh somehow to share to to have some measure of his own glory to some oh wow and his own excellence that word there we're going to come back to that word excellence because it's like it's it's superlative it's one of those words it's to do with moral moral excellence virtue loveliness it's all the nature of god and yet somehow peter is saying come on you guys in the middle of this persecution remember these incredible things that actually god has called you to his own glory and excellence he's it can be said it can be equally translated he's called us by his own glory and excellence but we know that he has called us too and in the context of as Peter writes, we see that, yeah, no, this is right. This is a fair reading. He is actually calling us to his own glory and excellence. Good morning, Adrian and Harry. Great to see you guys. And he says, so he's called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So again, that word precious, it just keeps coming out, doesn't it? Peter can't stop using it. Timios is to do with its value, its excellence, its um, reputation and honour. And he's saying he's granted this to us. He's given it to us. If we make a grant, it means it's given, doesn't it? It's granted. 
And, and and I think this is the wonderful mystery of the whole gospel is that somehow we who are so fallen and we're so aware of our own inadequacies and shortcomings, somehow God says, no, do you know what? By faith in Jesus, I can lift you up. And I do. I lift you up to this incredible place where someone like Peter can say, do you know what? The faith you have, Paul, in England in 2023 is of equal value to mine i'm thinking oh my life but jesus is saying actually i've also i've called you to my own glory and excellence i've called you to somehow con- <laughs> come somehow to participate in that and to demonstrate it and live it out and in in me living out according to his great glory and excellence gives him more glory and honor which he deserves ah anyway let's just finish this thought because i'm i'm jumping the gun a little bit i keep wanting to say it's on the tip of my tongue so these great very great promises precious and very great promises that word there is literally mega promises they're mega promises they're very great they're very 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 great and so that by them through them you may become partakers of the divine nature i don't know if there's another verse in scripture that is so staggering as this one that somehow through these precious and very great promises we can become partakers of the divine nature that to me literally fries my brain it is beyond it's the most extraordinary thing that somehow the very nature of god can be demonstrated and lived out through a human being like you or me extraordinary having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire so he's saying the world is literally corrupt it's is breaking down it's dying off it literally cannot be sustained in its present form it's fallen it's fading away it's perishing and he's making this incredible contrast, this precious and very great promise that somehow you and me would become partakers of the divine nature. This, honestly, somebody should be getting excited somewhere who's listening to me. This is extraordinary, glorious, beautiful. And that's why I wanted to call this little series precious, because to me, that seems to be... I was talking to someone the other day and he said, I don't understand what Peter's really getting at with his letters. It seems to be like he jumps all over the place. I think the theme that is gripping Peter is that contrast between what is precious, what is eternal, what is glorious, and also what is fading away. And he's saying this, this to me these letters both of them seem to embody that sense that this earth is just literally giving up the ghost it's fading out and we're we're always shocked and always horrified when we hear of dreadful things in the news like we do almost every day and yet we should expect it i suppose but let's hold on to that great and glorious promise that oh man this is truly extraordinary truly great truly glorious it's mega mega great (laughs) so verse five for this very reason so because of all of this 
make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Wow, brotherly affection is not the same as love. That's Philadelphia in Greek, and agape is the love one. So Philadelphia, brotherly love, agape is that sacrificial love that doesn't expect anything back. But listen to this. Yesterday we were saying, we were talking a little bit about um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 where it uh, talks about we're God's workmanship and we've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And I said that the good works don't save us, but the good works are what we're saved for. So do you get the difference? The good works, doing good doesn't save us. It's only faith in Jesus. It's only receiving his gift of eternal life by faith and saying, Jesus, let what you did on the cross count for me today. That is what saves us. It's something so simple. It's faith. But we are saved for good works. And actually, when we start walking with Jesus, we realize he's still doing lots of good stuff. And he wants us to partner up with him and join in what he's doing. So every day, Lord Jesus, what are you doing today? Let me be a partner. Let me be get involved with the good works that you've prepared in advance. And so he says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement, to add to your faith, with virtue. Now, virtue, again, is that word there, excellence, that is is used in verse 3 about God himself. His own very nature is excellent. It's moral excellence. Arete is the word. And he's saying, actually, add that to your faith. Add the nature of God. Add God's excellence to your faith. We should, seriously, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we should be doing everything we do with a spirit of excellence. Why is that? Because Peter says we should make every effort. We should apply ourselves to it. How many things can it be said during the day we make every effort to do? Well, let me give you an example. When you're bursting for the toilet, you make every effort to get to the toilet before it's too late. That's normal. That's what we do. <laughs> Sorry, it had to get down to this level, didn't it, at some point? We we make every effort, don't we, to find a bathroom because we want to preserve our modesty. Well, actually, and smell nice for the rest of the day. And he says, actually, make every effort to add to your faith virtue the excellence of god the excellence so when i'm doing a simple task for somebody or myself or whatever a job that's got to be done i'm doing it with that excellent spirit that is in god himself right make every effort that means i'm not flippy floppy and lazy bones can't be bothered no we're not that is not something that is in us but we are we are adding to our faith the very excellence of God. With knowledge, we're going to study and know him. We're going to develop that relationship, experiential relationship with him, where it's not just we've got a stack of knowledge from the Bible so we can dazzle our friends at, over coffee with our Bible knowledge. No, we're, we're actually wanting to know him. We want to experience him, walk with him, listen to his voice, truly know him. 
And then with, no, with knowledge, we add self-control daily. Self-control. Self-control. It does require effort at times to exercise self-control. Self-control is not something that we always naturally particularly want to do. And it's like just reining in those desires and appetites that are in us. And walking and even speaking well requires self-control. Speaking well of people, not allowing ourselves to become negative and um, pouring, you know, whatever, criticism out of our mouths. And godliness. So we add to our self-control steadfastness, which is perseverance, basically. It's the difference between running a, a sprint and running a marathon. So we're going to add steadfastness and godliness. Godliness is pursuing him, is treasuring the things that God values and holding on to his characteristics and letting go of the ugly stuff and the ungodly stuff. We can tell what godliness is by thinking about what ungodliness is and it's like the opposite. And godliness with brotherly affection. So we're going to love our our believers, our friendly, you know, our fellow believers as a brother or a sister, Philadelphia, Philadelphos, I think it is the word. I'm not very good at this Greek stuff. But <clears throat> so then we're going to add to that brotherly affection, agape, that sacrificial love. So we're going to So he's really saying these are the qualities you should be like a be like a collector. Be like somebody who sees, oh, I haven't got that one in my collection. I need to add to my collection that one. So I collect Rolex watches. No, I don't. But if I did and I'm in a antique dealers and I see a Rolex and I think, oh, I haven't got that one in my collection. I must get that one. And so you scrape together all your money and you phone your family and say, can I borrow a couple of thousand pounds? Because I've just got to get this one and then my collection's going to be even better. And he's like saying, add to your collection, add these things to your collection, these qualities. And then listen to what he says. Um, and of course, love, agape is the kind of overarching one that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, doesn't he? He says the greatest of these is love. And he goes on to describe it. He says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing... So it's not just like we're going to demonstrate it once. Oh, I did that last year. I did love last year. Now I'm on, you know, I've, I've kind of let that slide a little bit. No, he's in add to it with, it's like increasingly, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's saying, actually, if you're, excuse me, ineffective and unfruitful, in your knowledge of Jesus. Have a look at these qualities. How are you doing? Let's see. Let's just do some take pay attention to these qualities of our lives. These are fruits of our lives. They're, they're the evidence of his indwelling power in us. His indwelling see, if we're a partaker of the divine nature, all of these qualities are aspects of God's divine nature and so he's expecting to see them in us trust me he's looking for fruit just like Jesus looked at the fig tree and he was like where's the fruit man this is not not good this tree is supposed to be bearing fruit he looks at our lives and he's like saying where's the fruit man and what he's looking for is these things and so Peter's saying make every effort run you know make it make it your priority 
to add to your life these qualities. And then he says they'll, they'll make you fruitful and effective, basically. They'll keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not just about having knowledge, but it's about being fruitful and effective for him. Verse 9, for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind. It's like you're short-sighted, mate. If you haven't got these qualities, you're, you can have all the kind of knowledge and information and all these other things, and you can show up at church all the time and say all the right things. But if you haven't got these qualities, you're so nearsighted that you're blind, having forgotten that he is cleansed from his former sins. So he's like, don't forget what actually you've been forgiven from. Don't forget what you've come from. Verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, this is an interesting one. It just can get people tied up in knots a little bit. But he's saying, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent. So again, make every effort, apply yourself to it, be disciplined about it to confirm your calling and election. So he's saying on the one hand in the first letter, he's saying you're called, you're chosen. He's now saying actually confirm it. Let's see some evidence of it then. So you are called. Yeah, we're not going to dispute that. You are chosen. Yes, no, absolutely. But let's see some evidence of it in your life. Let's see some fruit in your life. Let's apply ourselves, guys, to being, to pursuing these qualities that make us fruitful and effective. And then he says, you'll never fall. And actually, that's true. If we're pursuing those characteristics that are godly, It helps to keep us. It helps to stop us going into arrogance and conceit and deception and all these other things because we're pursuing the things that actually Jesus himself embodies and God values and considers to be precious. And then he says, verse 11, for in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And Um, Some of the commentators say that this is like when a conquering um, general came into the city and there was this great welcome and they have all this kind of the the glory of victory and everything. He's saying it's that kind of um, some of these commentators would say is what Peter's talking about is that kind of welcome into heaven, you know, into God's eternal kingdom when all this life is over and so to the people reading this who are going through great suffering and trial at the time you can imagine that was that would seem like quite a nice thing to have ahead of them to be thinking do you know what there's gonna be a day when I'm welcomed into heaven with big shouts and all the angels are cheering me in and I've, I've got a couple of analogies one is when you finish a marathon and you're so exhausted you literally wasted and or a triathlon and you see your family there and a bunch of other people race organizers and they're cheering you on and they know your name and they call you out and they say oh well done Paul you done great and your time is 24 hours <laughs> and everyone's like no it's not quite that bad but you're you, it's like that welcome in and the big cheer goes up and 
The other one was when we were on the border of Ukraine with Poland and we saw these people and they had to come walk down this long downhill slope from the border post and they were still within the Polish border to get to the point where all these NGOs and charities were there with free gifts and and stuff and food and hot drinks and all the rest of it to give to these refugees who were fleeing from the invasion in those early days and there would be like this big cheer and people were clapping and applauding them and welcoming them and saying come on in have a sit down what can we get you can we get you a sim card can we get you a cup of tea would you like some coffee would you like some food would you like some toothpaste you know everything and it was just lovely and I and I I do believe that for those of us who have run this race and we finish the race well there is that big applause in that glorious welcome into his eternal kingdom so remember it's not good works that save us but we are saved for good works and so just cling to that stuff that is precious and let's abandon that stuff that is worthless in jesus name have an amazing day god bless you lots of love If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.